With your help, we can continue to fight for freedom. This is not possible without your generosity. Join our quest for the truth and our freedom and donate today. Simply go to tntradio.live. This is The Chris Smith Show on today's News Talk, TNT Radio. Hey, good to have you with us. A busy first hour on the program, a busy first hour, and uh, that's up to $55 million, that interview between Tucker Carlson and Vladimir Putin, and we'll see where it's at uh, in about 24 hours' time. That will be interesting. If you want to have something to say about what you heard, something to say about the interview itself, and putting it to air, maybe you'd like to do so. You can call in from the US or Canada on one 8228 6425 From the UK, 033-024-1026. I want to tell you what the Supreme Court thinks of various decisions made by Supreme Courts in other states of America concerning Donald Trump being taken off the ballot. From Washington, this is the version put to print today by the Epoch Times. The Supreme Court heard oral arguments in the high-profile case involving former President Donald Trump's bid to remain on the Colorado primary ballot, expressing scepticism of the arguments in favour of removing him. Now, this is all part of the lead-up to their decision which will either wipe out what the states are doing or encourage the states to some some come to some kind of individual decision about whether Donald Trump can stand. I could not see for the life of me, no matter what I have read today, that they would allow the Supreme Courts in Colorado support, support court in Colorado or other Supreme Courts to make some outrageously unproven and untested ruling of insurrection against Donald Trump. How could you do that? Um, Now, lawyer Jason Clifford Murray, who argued for the six Colorado voters who petitioned to have him off the ballot, at times frustrated judges by sidestepping questions about the consequences of ruling in his favour. Article 2 gives states broad powers to run elections, Mr Murray argued, and those powers involve removing ineligible candidates from the ballot, even in a national election through the process of their choosing. The justices expressed scepticism that a ruling affirming the Colorado decision would settle the matter. Now, Justice Alina Kagan said, why should a single state get to decide who gets to be the president of the United States? That means it's quite extraordinary, she said. Mr Murray said that wasn't the case because the Supreme Court would ultimately make a decision that would could inform all other states. Now, the answer drew several more hypothetical situations of chaos from the justices. And I won't go into the details of what they raised, but they were all, to a man and a woman, questioning the irregularity of having a state like Colorado basically stuff up a federal presidential election. And it makes no sense to me that you would allow a state to do so, especially when no court has tested the allegation of insurrection on behalf of the candidate himself, the former president, Donald Trump. That to me sounds awfully unfair. And I think by the sound of the various reports that I have read today, including this one from the Epoch Times, they will find against the Colorado Supreme Court And uh, he'll be back in Colorado on the ballot box, on the ballot ticket, I would have thought. 
In Australia, farmers are vowing to lock their gates against a once-in-a-generation infrastructure project connecting wind and solar farms to the grid in New South Wales and Victoria. Um, if you've been following what I have been saying about renewables, the idea that you would spend $100 billion laying a completely replica transmission system straight through the heart of thousands of farms around Australia is absurd. It is a suicide note economically. It destroys people's properties and farmers are not taking it. This comes from the ABC. Energy provider Transgrid has unveiled its preferred route for about 200 kilometres of the high voltage VNI West transmission lines through farmland in southern New South Wales. This is all productive, fabulously productive farmland and we're going to rip it up. The route will connect Victoria's transmission network and the solar and wind projects that feed power into it to New South Wales's network where dozens of renewable projects are in early stages of planning before feeding that power to regional towns and cities on both sides of the border. They are decades away from this. At one end of the VNI West Route, 60 kilometres north of Gerildery, a group of farmers that has signed up to host one of Australia's largest onshore wind farms is welcoming the money and the new jobs. At the other end, on the Victorian border, they are furious and they are saying that their farms will not be open to trucks, tractors or people to do the work. This is a standoff of significant proportions and I'm so glad it's happening. And those in cities around Australia should be supporting our farmers. They're the ones putting food on our table. What the government has come up with is a renewable power system, the most expensive option of any power system we could choose. And people need to be aware of that. It's not the, simply the fact that you take sun and wind, unreliable sun and wind, and try and power your country. You've got to build the turbines, build the solar panels, which of course in 99% of the cases are all built in China. And you've got to dig up and lay down transmission lines to the value of $100 billion. It's just madness. It's madness. At any cost, this is what it's like. The government has said it what, doesn't matter what it costs. Well, any government who does that should be kicked to the curb. And I hope that's the case. This is Chris Smith on TNT. Your voice heard here. The government needs to step up and do its job. Today's News Talk Radio, TNT. Well, he's the former Australian national nighttime radio king, and he's with me right now. Jim Ball, welcome back to TNT. Yeah, hi, Chris. How are you? I'm doing very, very well. I'm so glad I, the I'm so glad the farmers are are digging in here, the yeah, sensible ones, and saying yeah. you won't be digging up my property to try and get your wind farms into the grid. There's an election coming up, Chris. What is it? Fifteen months away, something yeah. like that. But listen, just listening to your editorial there on SCOTUS and that case about Colorado. Uh, two of those judges, uh, I can't think of the third one, I can't remember the name, but Kagan, she was an Obama appointee. A Democrat, and, yeah. Yeah, and Katanji Brown was a Biden appointee. Now, even they are saying, uh, I mean, <laughs> they were skewering this guy. They were nailing him to the wall. Yeah. Uh, I don't think this is going to go anywhere. No. Nah. But, um, yeah, just on the, uh, the Biden report today, <clears throat> pardon me, 
Yeah, just let's uh, re, re, um, re, re, uh, yeah, sure. reset this because a lot of people may just be joining us. But um, it came out of Washington. Um, the ludicrous excuses that were presented today by the special counsel who were looking into Joe Biden taking classified documents um, which related to Afghanistan to his home and also to an office. Now, he willfully did it. That's something that we heard from the special counsel. But, Jim, he's just too senile uh, to convince a jury, according to uh, the special counsel. The guy runs the United States of America, for heaven's sake. The irony here is just so damn rich. And there are so many threads to this, Chris. Uh, to sum it up, while Biden's circling the drain and about to go through the S-Bend, this report, I think, puts Trump on a glide path to 1600 Pennsylvania Avenue. Uh, people are seeing now, this is, and I was thinking about this earlier this afternoon, and the date may not mean much to a lot of people. I don't know how old you are, Chris, but this reminds me of uh, the, just the feel in the air. It's got the same seismic tectonic shifts, if you like, tectonic plate shifts as November 11, 1975, when uh, the Governor General sacked off Whitlam. In it's Australia. got that same yeah. feel about it, that this is... This is a dramatic point. This is a major turning point in US politics nine months out from an election. The Babylon Bee, it summed it up beautifully. They were It's a, it's a satirical magazine, uh, uh, online magazine, but they summed it up beautifully, and it's so true. The irony of this is that, uh, and they, they put it up this way in their, their tweet or their X spot. I can't say that. Uh, this Their X post. That doesn't sound right, but anyway. Uh, they said, we'll get used to it. Man ruled too senile to stand trial, or man ruled too senile to stand trial, to stand trial, but still fine to run the country. <laughs> yeah, oh, sums just, it up. Does he's too senile <laughs> to stand trial? And as I saw one one earlier on, uh, I forget which program it was. He said there are murderers, there are drug dealers, there are rapists in jail because they they stood trial. They were capable of standing trial. But this guy's look. I'm glad that it's turned out this way. That he's not going to trial because he's going to be there, and the Republicans to, can point at him from now until November. Now, so what do the Democrats do? That's another question. What do they do? Mm. Uh, they can get rid of him, I suppose. Uh, but Kamala Harris, seriously. <laughs> so now the entire country knows that for the last three years. They've been conned for the last mm. three years, mm. and Biden has just been a, a decrepit husk. It's been a, a three-year loop of weekended Bernies. That is literally yes. what it, what it's been. Yes. Uh, and, and does America? And it's just hard to get your head around this. Does America have any idea just how stupid and dumb and corrupt all this appears to the rest of the world? Yeah, I mean, do they understand that? Now, look, just think about this week alone, just just this last week. Uh, and I've made some bullet points here. The border went down, the bill went down in flames. The Fannie Willis case is unravelling. The other major case on January 6th, that's starting to look a little bit shaky. Mm -hmm. uh, all the justices on SCOTUS are really raising sceptical eyebrows mm -hmm. about uh, that business. It's been an absolute week. It's been a, a, a slow-mo car wreck, but a weekend of karma. Yeah. For, for others. The, the world works in mysterious ways. Uh, and it's very difficult to distinguish between Putin's Russia, <laughs> to be honest, and Biden's America, because, well, nothing quite says banana republic 
like attempting to charge your opponent with for the same crimes you've committed. Yeah. And then put him in jail so he can't run. Yeah. And that, then stand on a podium at every uh, donation fundraiser you can and talk about the preservation of democracy, Jim. Yes, they rabbit on about this. So we're preserving democracy. And look, this is um, that that old line from the Vietnam War. We have to destroy the village to save the village. They think that's that line is going to work. But this in the report, I'll just read this here. You used the word willfully earlier. And of course, that means knowing exactly what you're doing is wrong. Mm. That's what it means mm. that, that you you not just doing it. Oh, was that wrong? I didn't realize, you know, it's wrong. Uh, anyway, he said in the report, Mr. Biden would likely present himself to a jury as he did during our interview as a sympathetic, well-meaning elderly man with poor memory. And look, I've got some more stuff here on, on that. But anyway, people, well, the papers are going to be full of this tomorrow. Yeah. But you so, summed it up from your source. Uh, too senile to be charged, but uh, not senile enough to, to run. run the country. Yeah, and, 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 yeah, too demented to, and fragile to stand trial That's in it. front of a jury of his peers. Uh, he's obviously too demented and fragile to run the uh, to run the country. And yeah. remember, Chris, this DC jury uh, for Trump from a jury pool uh, that voted ninety five percent for Democrat, five percent for Republican. DC meaning Democrat Central. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> that's yeah. pretty much what it means. So if people ever needed that uh, America's got a two-tiered tier justice system, this should get them across the line. Uh, I, want to, I want to raise the border mess, if I can, before yes, we go please. any further. This week, we had even uh, Mayor Eric Adams, the Democratic mayor in New York, blaming Biden for the flood of illegals, drowning his city mm. and others in the US. He was told to fix it for the sake of the cities and for the sake of people across the nation. Well, um, the Democrat Party and and the media, their media lackeys, they've claimed for years that and and I've heard some some great compilation, you know, those mashup tapes mm. uh, of uh, Biden and Mayorkas and all the media talking heads saying the border is secure, the border is secure. Uh, but of course, everyone knows that. I mean, this is the greatest attempt at gaslighting we've ever seen. People can see it on their nightly television, drone shots. Uh, what did we say the other day? Seven hundred and three hundred and sixty thousand in December, December. alone yeah. across the, uh, came across the border, um, and the border bill. Well, that was that was a dog. What that was about? It's very very simple. It's it's gone down, so it's uh, and it may may come back. They were attempting to get the Republicans' fingerprints on that bill, so it would then uh, defuse it uh, as a as a bomb going into the election the republicans couldn't use it because the democrats would say well you guys voted for it what's you know that that's what it was all it was all about trying to inveigle and cajole the republicans into yes. signing off on the border plan yeah uh, in an endeavor to, as i said implicate them and get their fingerprints on their their, their criminal activity that's what it was it, it's so simple i mean i and thank god it went down but i i was a bit concerned there i thought Surely people I can't see that they can see through this yeah, and understand yeah. it for what it is. It was funny. It was the only time this week that I've seen uh, Joe Biden actually look rather sound and reliable when he was fighting on this issue. It's obviously something that he was very, very keen on. But anyway, it was, it was real rope-a-dope entrapment stuff yes. and, and an attempt to 
make them co-conspirators and implicate them in their crime. Yeah, That's exactly. what it was all about. And there's, I, I had a whole lot of other points on that. But anyway, let's let's move along. Yeah, I've got to take a quick break. We'll come sure. back and talk about a lack of leadership, not just in Australia, but right around the world. I think it's glaringly obvious now. We'll get to Jim Ball in just a second right here on TNT. TNT's Steve Malsberg. If a president could be prosecuted for things he did, which he believed and was advised by his lawyers what, what was was the duty of the president to do. And then after the fact, after he's president, he could be prosecuted. The example has come up today many times. Well, when Joe Biden leaves office, he could be prosecuted for not securing the border. Barack Obama um, okayed drone strikes against American citizens overseas. He could be prosecuted for murder. I mean, this opens up a whole can of worms. Um, Pandora's box, I think, is the term that uh, that Trump used. Steve Malzberg on today's News Talk TNT. Affordable housing, we can build that. Sustainable housing, we can build that. At MIT Modular, we understand the importance of housing for all and the importance of design, cost, and functionality. Our goal is to meet the needs of our growing population by converting shipping containers to livable units. If you're like-minded and in a position to invest in something meaningful and life-changing, we want to hear from you. We are a team of professional architects, engineers, and financial and tax experts dedicated to offering unique solutions that provide a brighter future. Our Opportunity Zone Fund offers investors both real estate and operating business diversification five-year tax deferral on capital gains, annual tax benefits, and ultimately tax-free appreciation potential. There are opportunity zones all over America. If you're interested in learning more about our services, need affordable housing, or want to participate in creating a new vision for tomorrow, give us a call in the U.S. on 385-985-5702 or read more at MITModular.com. MIT Modular. We can build that. If you're still wearing a cloth or surgical mask around in public, you're guilty of spreading COVID misinformation. It really is that simple. Today's News Talk Radio, TNT. I've got Jim Ball with me, and we want to talk about what's happening in Australia. I want to go to Canberra now, Jim, and you've spotted spotted something that uh, was exclaimed or said in parliamentary question time yesterday. The PM made reference to our poor social harmony. Have a listen to this. Uh, it's a serious question in the context in the context of the worst social disharmony that I have seen, not just in my time in politics, but in my time uh, that I've been alive in this country. It shouldn't be weaponised. I condemn totally any form of anti-Semitism, including, including the comments by my uh, local member, the member for Newtown, whose comments about uh, tentacles with regard to the Jewish community I find offensive. I find it had its origins in anti-Semitism, and I condemn it unequivocally. Just as I condemn forms of that I have seen, Islamophobic 
comments and behaviour as well. Now, we're talking about a lack of social harmony. He raised the anti-Semitism comment from the member for Newtown, etc. But I've got to say, you know, before you actually get onto this subject deeply, um, I think he has to take some responsibility for dividing Australia and creating a lack of social harmony mm -hmm. with what he did with the voice, Jim. Yeah, absolutely. Look, this is a classic case of the uh, arsonist turning up as firemen. Like he lights the fire and turns up to hose it down. That's and you're right. I mean, and that business about Jewish tentacles. What I couldn't understand, and I, as I think I said through the break, I had to read the story two or three times because this happened in the New South Wales Parliament, but the story was badly written, badly constructed. It kind of was all over the place and took me for a while to work it out. He was referring to an event that happened in the New South Wales Parliament by a Green MP. Uh, Leong, I think her name is, Jenny Leong mm -hmm. in New South Wales. But yeah, he's the arsonist turning up as fireman. And there is social disharmony, no doubt about that, driven to a large extent by social media. Um, but The Voice was a classic case of uh, social disharmony or the potential to cause division. And it would have because there'd be a group of people that had access to ears embedded in the constitution that the average Australian wouldn't have access yeah, to. Yeah. And so from that standpoint, but okay, we look, we just spoke about America and the, the division over theirs, but the, here's the curious one. I don't know if you read Janet Albrechtson on Wednesday. It was about New Zealand. No, I didn't yeah. read. I saw the article. I didn't read it. Have they got major, major, major problems there? Mm -hmm. Talk about division. So yes, we, we, there is, uh, there is, uh, social disharmony. There always will be. It's it's uh, uh, social media tends to pour fuel on the fire, mm. but it's not as bad as America because we don't have the 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 black slave connection that nexus, yep. and it's not as bad as New Zealand is now because that that is really worth uh, getting hold of Albrechtson's column. It's really worth uh, having a read of. Okay, he's the right. architect of the class warfare and the division. That's basically the bottom line. Yep. Turning up to the fire, I like that. Now, I, I've got to say, and you raised this with me earlier today, you wanted to talk about it, and I have mentioned it um, sparsely on my various programs here because there are so many examples of it, but the lack of really good leadership in the world. We talk you know, extensively about Joe Biden um, and the fact that you know we discovered today that they set him off straight after those horrific attacks on Israel on October 7. They set him off for two days um, to answer questions about these secret documents. I'm sure they could have been off, put off for another week um, and they would have understood that it had to be put off. But no, they, they toddled him off. So that's how bad leadership is. And what we've also seen is more than at any time before, Jim, leaders using the polls as their Bible and not having the guts to say, now, you won't like what I'm about to do, but I have faith in my own ability to explain to you why I had to do it. They don't mm. do this anymore. Mm. Well, that, that's why they hate Trump, because Trump said, this is what I'm going to do. This is what's got to be done. Uh, there is a cancer, there is a swamp, and the swamp's got to be drained. End of. Uh, you look around, whether it be uh, Europe, well, right across, every, everyone's got their panties in a twist. There are a bunch of panty wastes. Uh, Britain. There's, there's, it's just incredible what's going on in these places. They will not stand up for what they they're supposed to believe in. Europe is finished. Britain is finished. I mean, it's, 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 
put it this way, it's on life support. I think, I Rishi, think Rishi Sunak is the weakest leader of that country I've ever seen. Yep. And so was David Cameron and all. I mean, Margaret Thatcher was the last one they had that was uh, any good at all. Across Europe, you had Angela Merkel. She was the one responsible for the uh, the invasion from North Africa. But I was just thinking earlier this week about the American leadership and just how weak it is. Listen to this litany of stuff that I've written down. Go back to, okay, you had the uh, the First World War, Second World War, then you had uh uh, was it Truman, Eisenhower, Kennedy, Johnson? So Vietnam was that was uh, uh, a disaster for America. That was like Afghanistan at the end of the Afghanistan withdrawal. In 1979, you had the Iran hostage crisis under Carter. Carter did SFA. Mm. Did not put in a helicopter to mm. go and rescue them. Helicopter crashed mm. and did nothing. It was only when Reagan came in, they understood Reagan meant business. And I think it was the day after he was inaugurated. Oh, here are your hostages back. <laughs> they knew they were right. 1996, you had the bombing of Kobar Towers in Saudi Arabia. 19 US soldiers killed. America did nothing. Attacks on US embassies in 98 in Nairobi, Kenya, and Dar es Salaam, uh, Tanzania in Africa. Uh, 224 people died in the blast, including 12 Americans. Four and a half thousand people wounded. Nothing. October 2000, Al-Qaeda blasted a 40-foot hole in the side of the USS Cole at the Port of Aden in Yemen, uh, killing 17 US soldiers and injuring another 40. Nothing happened. Then you have uh, 2001. And so in all of those cases, Democrat leaders, and they did nothing about any of that. They just seemed to love getting their face punched in. Yeah. 2001, eight months into the Bush term, uh, you have the, the plot that was developed under Clinton by Al-Qaeda. And that was the end of that. That was uh, into Afghanistan they went. Uh, under Obama and Hillary Clinton, there was the 2012 embassy attack in Benghazi, and Obama did nothing. 12 years on, and uh, Libya is still a basket case. Yeah. Then there was the Arab Spring and the overthrow of Mubarak in Egypt. Again, Obama, he was there, nothing. There was the first clown car uh, Iran deal with pallet loads of dollar bills, cash, money. Uh, trying to think or thinking they could somehow do some deal with Tehran and allow them to develop fissile material. Mm. I, I never I never quite, and so Trump wound that back and said, not on my watch, Biden's brought it back. Mm. And then uh, what was the other one I had? Oh, yes, Obama warned Russia that getting into Syria would be a red line for him. Russia did, and Obama did, did nothing. Yeah. Uh, under Trump, all quiet on the Western Front, as they say. Uh, see, what, what what the difference is, like Reagan, Trump projected peace through strength, carried a big stick. He subscribed to the doc doctrine of F around and find out, and they knew it. Yeah. But he projected what they call strategic ambiguity. Yeah. And uh, with that kept China, and along with sanctions, kept, that kept China in check, that kept Iran in check, that kept Russia in check. And North Korea, he even had a meeting with North Korea, you may remember, mm. kept them all in check. They did nothing. Yeah. So that's the difference between weak leadership and Reagan and Trump. Uh, they actually, they just knew not to deal with, not to, not to get involved with these guys because they would destroy them. Yeah. Yep, and it'll be interesting to see whether Trump can do it all again if he gets back into the White House. Oh, I think so. I, this I think time, so. He, yeah, this time around, he knows where the bodies are buried. 
Yeah. And, and that's one the- of the things in his yeah. in his favour come election day because people know what he's capable of internationally and that's he has, right. has a good record as president in that regard. I've got to run. I've got Pauline yeah, sure. Hanson on the other line, Jim. Great to have oh. you on. Have a terrific weekend. Give my regards to the lady. Okay, Pauline, we'll do. I mean. <laughs> Good See on you, Jim. Thank okay, you very bye. much. Thanks, Jim Chris. Ball uh, from uh, Australia, uh, former nighttime radio king. Good to have him on. We'll catch up with him next Friday as well. Pauline Hanson is next. We'll go to a news break right now on TNT. TNT Radio News. We are, we are your station for news. News. Matt Boyland here with a look at your TNT headlines. Tucker Carlson has released his full two-hour interview with Russian President Vladimir Putin. We'll bring you highlights throughout the day. The US Senate has advanced a $95 billion funding bill for Ukraine and Israel after border security measures were stripped out. And according to the Washington Post, Ukraine's front line could soon be about to collapse due to a critical shortage of soldiers. Why not give TNT Radio a follow? We're on all major social platforms, including Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, Gab, and Getter. Help us get the word out as we cover the biggest topics of our time right here on today's News Talk. TNT Radio. TNT Radio. Now, I'm just looking up for you so I can give you an update exactly how many hits Tucker Carlson has had for that interview with Putin. It's now, oh, it's steady. It's steady, 54 million, steady at 54 plus million. Uh, but going up, and uh, no doubt when the rest of the United States wakes up uh, tomorrow morning, there'll be more tuning in to catch up on that as well. Now, I've got the federal leader and founder of One Nation, a rare, real voice in the parliament for our listeners and viewers in other parts of the globe. Senator Pauline Hanson, welcome to TNT. Thank you, Chris. Lovely to be with you again. How would you sum up your first week? Is it good to be back into the pen, um, back for the uh, the fights that went on, as I saw in the Senate over the last 24 hours? It got very, very heated in there, um, almost as wild as the House of Representatives. Everyone seems to be charged up. Chris, I went down on Tuesday morning, and uh, the thing is, not, I wasn't 100% with my health. But anyway, I had to leave on Wednesday afternoon. And uh-huh. uh, so I wasn't there for the cut and thrust of the whole lot. But apparently, right. you know, I kept in touch with my staff anyway. The thing is that, again, what the Labor Party has done is is guillotined legislation. So on the, that morning of the Thursday, apparently they put up around about 20 amendments that came through on Thursday morning about 8.30. Parliament was shut down for the Papua New Guinea president to have his say. There in total there was about one and a half to two hours maybe debate on the bill before it was actually guillotine at 3.30, all the amendments just pushed through. What the Labor Party did, what I can understand, now get this, understand this, in the last parliament it was about 24 guillotines, in the parliament before that there was about 15. This one so far, halfway through their term, there's been 39 guillotines that have happened. Therefore, there is no debate that's going on. They're shutting everything down, even family law. I actually had to beg David Pocock, don't allow the guillotine, give me some time to ask the questions. This is happening, climate change, doesn't matter what it is, the IR bills, everything. Albanese says he wants open consultation. He wants to transparency was the word he used during the election campaign. It's not transparency, Chris. It's the worst government, I'm telling you, that's ever happened. And they can't even answer the questions. They are absolutely hopeless, and they're not across their portfolios. They don't know what they're doing. 
awful Euro government, D. terrible. And that's what's happened. And see, what's happened now is they've passed the Greens legislation about this um, contacting your, your staff after reasonable oh. hours. Well, apparently what that carries with it, a jail term. Now Labor, uh, now they know what they've done. They supported the Greens on this. So this bill... A jail term. Yes, I know. It's ridiculous. So now this bill has to go back to the lower house for it to be supported, for the lower house to support all the amendments that are being put forward by the Senate. So it's uh, going to be quite interesting how Labor, how Labor deal with that because yeah. they are embarrassed by this. They didn't understand what they were passing. That's what I'm saying. The incompetence of the Labor Party is unbelievable. Yep. I want to talk about the IR laws they're rushing through. The front page of the newspapers today indicated that business is saying that this is back to the future, to the decade of the 70s when everyone went out on strike and productivity was thrown out the warehouse window. Uh, there'll be an array of reasons to have several days off. And i got to say, um, I know it's payback for the union support they got at the last election, but boy, oh boy, we're going to suffer badly here, aren't we? We are. Productivity is down at the moment. We've seen what's happened in the wharfies and, of course, the holding up of the ships. And there was about over nearly 50 ships that were actually held up there because they couldn't deliver to the ports. Now, that cost um, the Australian consumers nearly $36 million for that, plus businesses, though, I think was up around about $80 million a day. So for every consumer out there, an extra $4 to their grocery bill. But the unions now, after the deal that was being done, over the next few years, they're going to get a 23.5% pay increase. They were holding out for 27% pay increase. The unions are driving it and running this country. If you have a look at the Labor Party, all those ones that are in there for former union bosses, they're actually just you know, running this country. And productivity is down. Chris, what we've seen introduced is maternity leave, paternity leave, domestic violence leave. You yeah. have all the plus, plus, plus that's there. Businesses are going to have to pass that cost on to consumer, and that's mm. a big problem with it, that we yeah. can't allow the unions to run the country. You have to be, you know, you have to have common sense about it. A lot of the people also, in closing loopholes, that if you have... We, One Nation passed it in original with the coalition that if you were with a company for 12 months or more, you could then apply to become a full-time employee. Most workers don't take it up because they want that 25% loading as a casual. They don't want to convert to a full-time, but that's their choice. Yeah, of course and it I should be their that. choice. Correct. And I actually made it, I said, because I ran my own small business, I said, small businesses like myself, if you've got 15 employees or less, you do not have to um, convert them over, all right? Mm. They've wiped that. It's from one employee, okay? Mm. So they've wiped it from 15 or less. They've now made it six months. They, the way the, uh, the classification of, of, as a casual is everyone's up in the air. They don't even know what it actually is. And they have made it. Now, I'm telling you what's going to happen. Employers will be reluctant to put someone on as a casual. You because bet. Because they're going to be up for fines. It yes. is going to destroy the, the working environment. Um, employers are just so fed up with this. And another thing, too, under this bill, if the, um, someone wants to become a union delegate... In a, in a company or business, then the employer must give them time off and pay for them. <laughs> wow. To come it's a just, union delegate. 
Oh, yep. you better believe it. Talking about union delegate CFMMEU thug John Setka yep. has announced yep. that he's stepping away from his union roles in Victoria. Have you got a farewell message for him, Pauline? Yeah, I'm glad to see the back end of him because, you know, I've tried over the years to work with these union members, which, you know, or union reps. You know, I'm not talking about members. Members, are a lot of them are forced to be part of the union. Unions yes. are always there for the right reasons to look after the workers' rights and make sure that they're not being taken advantage of by employers out there. But the fact is they've become nothing but thugs, the standover tactics, holding people to ransom, um, tradies, businessmen, small businesses and all the rest of it. Do you know under these laws now, even if you work from home, you run your business by home. If the union turns up at your doorstep, you have to allow them in to actually go over your books. Your home Stop is not possible anymore. So anyway, this is the control that's happened. This is your Labor Party that's done this with support from the Greens. Oh. People need to know what they've actually allowed to happen in our yeah. country. This is only the start of it, Chris. You yeah, tell me yeah. about I'm so frustrated. I'm so angry what's going on in this parliament. And I'll tell you another thing too. You know where we voted against the voice? A lot of the Labor's legislation has in it uh, some aspects of the voice where they're giving control to the Aboriginal people. The Murray-Darling Basin, you know, the Basin Plan, they've mm -hmm. actually given another $40 million to the Aboriginals under Lydia Thorpe to actually that allow them to buy up licences. You have no idea what is actually happening in, in some of this legislation. And this is what oh, I haven't heard about that. This is just these are the these are the these are the factoids that all Australians should be privy to. It is, but see no one tells them. And then yeah. you know the the two in that house there is David Pocock, he's so far left with the Greenies and also Lydia Thorpe, which they've bought her, and, um, you know, sometimes even Jackie Lambie, the way that she votes. It's just disgusting. We're losing the conservative values. And I got yeah. frustrated with the conservative side of politics because they got oh. their moderates in there as well. I yeah. tried to get up a, a hearing into gender dysphoria only for the parents' sake so they can actually put their case across what it's done to their children. Do you know they blocked it? They don't yeah. even want a hearing. So parents Outrageous. Outrageous. Now, can you give me an indication of the vibe in Queensland for federal Labor? And I know where the vibe's coming when it comes to you, but what about, what about the Queenslander? Because the news is that Anthony Albanese is planning on taking five coalition-held seats in Queensland at next year's election. Should we just tell him he's dreaming? Yes, he is dreaming, because I tell you what, Stephen Miles is so much on the nose up here. Palaszczuk was, but Stephen Miles is going to be no better, especially after the gig on Gertie bloody act that he had the other day over the, over yep. the crime. And the whole fact is Labor is so much on the nose in this, in this state, and I hope people actually carry through with their vote. Um, I think uh, Albanese is basically saying that to try and shore up their vote in the, in the up-and-coming Queensland state elections. But, you know, I don't have a lot of um, trust or faith in Christopher Fully. He was the one that was went along with the, to, to sign the treaty with Palaszczuk for the mm. Aboriginals, which was yeah. going to cost us hundreds of millions of dollars. And yeah. I came out against that and then actually put pressure on them and then he's pulled out of it. So hopefully if One Nation gets the balance of power in the state of Queensland with the Catapark Party, we can actually then look at legislation, what is the best interest for 
Queensland and the people of Queensland because we don't have an upper house. So whoever gets control of that parliament, they push legislation through. And that's the yeah. same case with the Olympics, Chris. And I was against the Olympics. No Olympics have made any money. They've actually made a loss to the people and trying to pay it back. Now, after what I've said, everything that I've said, it's basically coming out now, even John Coates, even Graham Quirk, um, the mayor of Brisbane, they're all saying they can't afford this to change the gap to, to put up $2.7 There's billion. been a stack of cost blowouts in the planning and also there's a lot of confusion, right? There is, and I'll tell you this one too, what I heard in the grapevine. The Breakfast Creek Hotel, it's an old, I think it's the Ascot Racing Course behind it. There's Doombin and there's another one there. Yep. They were thinking about converting that into um, something to do with the Olympics. Now, we've just had this Kingsford Smith Drive, that uh, new roadway that went along the river there, which yep. took years and billions of dollars. They made a mistake, then they had to redo it again. Well, if this development goes goes on behind they've said that it's going to cost a billion dollars to put in the sewage works for it which is going to disrupt all kicking smith's drive again to actually comply with it no. so i hope they hit that on the head the amount of incompetent people both in politicians and bureaucrats we have running not only the state of queensland but australia it just infuriates me that it's not looked at from a, a business point of view of mm. is the money well spent? Yeah, yeah. We're not being served. We're so badly served in all jurisdictions at the moment. One last thing I just wanted to know, uh, yep. amongst all of that, and you've started off juggling a lot of issues there, um, what are your priorities for 2024? Um, Chris, we've got to expose the scam with climate change because that's actually driving the whole lot. The, yeah. Now they're going to charge the hybrid cars um, a tax on that. So if the car's worth over $76,000, it's going to cost the, the buyer probably an extra $2,800 to $3,000 to buy that luxury car tax. Um, so they're, they're actually driving this where we don't have the infrastructure in place. The farmers' protest that I attended last Tuesday the transmission mm -hmm. lines, it won't deliver the power. And if we can actually bring some common sense to the table, it will help the farming sector, our productivity, industries, manufacturing. That's the biggest thing and the cost of living is this climate change scam that's going yeah. on and what this Labor Party is pushing. If we can get yep. some common sense there to the people to really understand what this all means, it's about profit making for these big industries, big businesses, multinationals are making money out, uh, out of the cost of the, of the consumer. Yeah, absolutely. You've got a whole heap of pro-Pauline Hanson comments on our chat box at the moment, and uh, you've attracted a crowd, so we appreciate that. Pauline, great to have a chat with you. I hope your health improves, and we look forward oh, to seeing yeah. you back into the chamber soon. No problems. Thanks, Stephen. Th um, uh, Chris, sorry. That's um, okay. Good, good on you. Thank you for, for very much for that, on. Pauline. Right. Okay. Bye. Fantastic. Pauline Hanson, One Nation creator. She's not feeling too well. It would take a lot for Pauline Hanson not to be in the you know, the cut and thrust of what occurred in Parliament today. And it was very rowdy, both in the upper house or the Senate and also in the House of Representatives. Um, if you've been following some of the um, footage from that, they have really gone, uh, Heather, you know, basically um, uh, sticks and stones and you name it at each other. But um, 
That's part of the start of the year. They're all fired up, ready to try and make a difference. But boy, oh boy, we lack some leadership, don't we? And there are some classic examples in what Pauline Hanson had to say there as to why we need a leader to put a plan in place and proceed with it, knowing that it will be successful instead of, you know, having confusion over everything from transmission lines running through farmers' properties, uh, problems associated with the Olympics of 2032 in Brisbane. It's all gone to you know what. And they were warned that this would happen, that they couldn't do what they planned to do at the very get-go. But anyway, that's what happens when you don't have proper leadership. I've got to take a break. This is Chris Smith on TNT. Give me a minute with TNT Radio's Steve Malsberg. By now you've probably heard all about the two police officers in New York City's Times Square that were beaten by a gang of illegal thugs Four of them were arrested and released on bail, and they're now headed to California, and they're probably there by the border of Mexico already. But there's more to this, stuff we haven't heard yet until now. There is this one percenter, you know, criminal element that looks at a different opportunity here. These individuals, I went over their rap sheets yesterday, multiple charges, grand larceny, robbery, attempted robbery, grand larceny, grand larceny. Uh, This particular crew operated on mopeds and scooters. They were doing organized retail theft, they were doing snatches on the street, iPhones, iPads, clothing, so on and so forth. Uh, One of them that they are still seeking has 10 charges on one day because he's part of a pattern that's been going on. That's CNN's John Miller. He's a former NYPD deputy commissioner, and he wasn't finished. I'm looking at the dates that their arrest started, which is probably close to when they got here. They've only been here a couple of months. So what the detectives are telling me is they have crews here that operate in New York, do all their stealing, then go to Florida to spend the money and then come back. And I'm like, well, why don't they just stay and steal in Florida? And they said, because there you go to jail. Oh. Great report. Keep us back on this. Is- the silence of the CNN anchors says it all. Thanks for giving me a minute. I'm Steve Ballsberg. Catch my show Monday through Friday, 9 p.m. Eastern time, right here on TNT. I'm Sandra, this is Jorge, and we were adopted in 2019. I remember when they first came to us, Michael was already a teenager. The whole cliche of they're so lucky to have you guys and it's the other way around. They have changed our family for the better. They chose to love us. They didn't have to. They chose us. Family. Learn about adopting a teen from foster care. You can't imagine the reward. Visit adoptuskids.org. This is The Chris Smith Show on today's News Talk TNT Radio. Okay, we had a chat with Shane Healy yesterday, the former ADF Intel officer, and he was saying that the only way to cause or create some kind of um, ceasefire and some peace in Gaza is to see the end of Benjamin Netanyahu. And I received a a note overnight from um, an Israel um, supporter, someone who was actually um, born in uh, to an Israeli family and has been very, very strong in the Israeli community in Sydney. His name is Jerry Lissing, and he wanted to make comments on what Shane had to say, and he thought that he was off the pace. And his argument is that Israel uh, have to keep going to eliminate uh, Hamas, and I invited him onto the program as well. Jerry, thank you very much for coming on to TNT. Thanks, Chris. Thanks for having me. Now, you're a strong advocate for what the Israeli government is doing, but you'd have to admit the number of people that we're hearing are being killed in Gaza, something like 26,000. Let's just say they're lying and it's 20,000. 
Um, everyone has lost faith in what the IDF is doing because the number of innocent people have died. Don't you agree? Well, look, it, it's tragic. There's no two ways about it. Um, uh, this is a war that Israel didn't want and didn't start. It's a war that uh, Hamas started. True. Uh, sadly, um, Hamas tactics are to use uh, their people as uh, human shields, including the majority of innocent men, women and children who are not uh, members of Hamas, who just want to get on with life, like Israelis, like Australians, like Americans, like all decent people. So, look, it, it's tragic, it's sad. The fact that this is the most intense uh, urban war fought in many, many years um, uh, facilitates uh, civilian death, sadly, particularly when they're used as human shields and Hamas are actually at gunpoint stopping people evacuating. But as Colonel Richard Kemp said, who is the commander of British forces in Afghanistan, mm. there is no military that's gone to the extent that Israel has to try to avoid civilian casualties uh, by uh, text, uh, messages, uh, uh, leaflets. And I don't think there's anybody in Israel or the IDF or uh, Jewish people around the world or decent people around the world who take any joy in seeing civilians killed. But alas, um, Hamas have perpetrated this and they're going to keep going. They've said they'll commit October 7 again and again and again. And every two ye years or so, Israel has to respond to the thousands of rockets fired at it uh, to the mortars, to the kidnappings, to the stabbings. And I don't think there's any democracy in the world or any nation in the world that could tolerate that type of violence perpetrated on it. Okay. Shane Healy spoke about Benjamin Netanyahu being taken out by his own cabinet and uh, therefore peace would come to Gaza. Is it as simple as that? And what's your call on the removal of Netanyahu? Look, I think that's totally naive. I think, um, you know, Israel's a robust democracy and uh, the fact that the vast majority of Israelis are supporting the war with a view to end Hamas, it won't make any difference whether Netanyahu is there or not. In, in all probability, he's not going to survive. Um, anyway, because of uh, the inquiry that will come as to why there was a failure of uh, intelligence on October 7 and and so, so you think that he'll be set aside anyway but the Israeli cabinet will go ahead and do exactly as Netanyahu is planning I don't think that there's any choice I think that there's uh, the hostages uh, that are still there need to be freed I think that Hamas needs to finish be finished and I think that um, uh, you know the commentator yesterday Shane Healy while I certainly respect his service uh, to the nation as um, very close members of mine um, serve Australia in the ADF. Mm -hmm. But he has to also look at uh, the failures of the West and the Western militaries and governments in ending terror. Like uh, America boasts that they ended ISIS, but ISIS have just re-emerged in many other yep. forms, in yep. Iraq, in, uh, in uh, the West Bank, in, um, in, in Gaza, in Lebanon... And, uh, you know, uh, without political will, we saw what happened in uh, Afghanistan, a 20-year war, billions of dollars, thousands of lives lost, 
to replace the Taliban with the Taliban. The Taliban. And yeah. um, exactly the same will happen. So, no, look, net, net, Israel's a robust... Well, well let, me, let, me raise, let me look at that issue through the prism of what you've just said. How can we therefore get rid of Hamas forever? It's impossible. Look, that's true, um, and and there's there's always going to be uh, a section of, um, of militant Islam uh, committed to um, the destruction of Israel. But let's face it, all these groups are being funded by the real perpetrator of terror, and that's Iran, who are pulling the strings. Mm. And it's about time the West stood up to Iran. They're funding Hamas, which is really strange because uh, Iran are... Uh, uh, Shiite Muslim uh, Hamas are predominantly Sunni yet the greater enemy is uh, the United States and Israel so it's a little bit of a paradox that they're uh, yeah. funding that but but when you look at what's happening with the Houthis, when you look at what's happening in Iraq what when you look what's happening worldwide Iran are the tentacles behind it all uh, they're developing a nuclear weapon, Israel are aware of that the West are aware of that, but they're getting away with it. And yeah. as long as Iran are in the picture, uh, that will uh, continue. But I'm sure that the end game in 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 uh, Gaza and the West Bank is definitely the creation of a Palestinian state. I think that that's um, without a doubt what we'd like to see. But we'd like to see uh, a government that's not supporting funding and a part of the terror network. Yeah. And that could happen, and it could happen with the fact that um, uh, Saudi Arabia, uh, the UAE, and the um, uh, moderate, let's say moderate or me, moderately moderate uh, um, Sunni states need to pump money in, uh, build a better future. And let's face it, a lot of this uh, uh, attack on Israel uh, came about because of the Abraham Accords, and because Saudi Arabia was about to conclude a normalization deal with Israel, and, and uh, uh, Iran didn't like it, so they unleashed the devil that's Hamas and Hezbollah. Yeah. I've got to leave it there. I'm right up against news, but I'm glad you've had uh, your say in response to Shane Healy's analysis as well. We'll see how it all plays out, Jerry. But let's just hope we have less lives lost and those hostages. I, I just absolutely and sleepless stuff to think about what they've gone through and what they're you know having to suffer at the moment. Cannot absolutely. believe it. Let's pray for peace. Let's pray. Yes, for peace. please. Good on you, Jerry. Thank you very much for calling in. Thank you, Chris. Thanks for having me. Okay, Jerry Lissing, um, who's a terrific follower of TNT, and he wanted to have his say in response to Shane. We'll catch up with Shane next week. Um, as we have more news out of the Middle East. I should remind you, too, that uh, last December, Julian Assange Tuesday, a public hearing was announced for February 20 and 21, not far away now. It'll be a big two days, if, of course, it lasts two days. But if it does, we will be there. It's going to determine whether Julian will have permission to appeal or whether he'll be extradited to the United States. TNT will be at the Royal Courts of Justice. We promise we're broadcasting. We've made arrangements for it. Uh, we're covering the entire two days if it's required. Uh, and then we'll be broadcasting at various locations throughout London as well. While you're there, you might as well enjoy it all. Uh, lighting the fuse for freedom, which is exactly what we intend to do once again in February and maybe even the early part of March as we travel around the UK today. News Talk TNT. Uh, Dean Macken is coming up next.
on the program. That went quick today. Um, full as a goog, we say in Australia. You'll have to work it out. Ask Mr. Google about goog. Um, I'll leave you in the hands of Dean. We'll catch up on Monday uh, at the same time, hopefully. Tell your friends, tell your family. This is the place to come. TNT.